How's it going, everybody? This is the Nitty Gritty. My name is Chad. With me is Leonard. This is a show about wrestling. And this week, we are going to be bringing back an old classic, the down and dirty Nitty Gritty Move Breakdown, however we titled it back when we last did it. But uh, before we get to that, I will just say that I watched uh, the AEW Revolution show. And I liked it a lot. They only do, um, you know, a certain number of pay-per-views a year. They don't do one every month. And, you know, in my opinion, they've, they earn every cent when I, when I get them. Um, certainly not every match was perfect by any stretch. Uh, but it had quite a few good matches. You know, CM Punk and MJF was very good. Uh, Moxley and Brian Danielson was also very good. The title match was very good as well. Uh, Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa. A lot of, a lot of good stuff uh, to be seen there. Um, and of course you had William Regal debuting as, uh, I assume just in a managerial role at this point. Um, and, uh, some, some guy from named Swerve, who I'm not familiar with in any way, but, uh, Isaiah Swerve Scott was a uh, Swerve Strickland now, but he was from, uh, NXT. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Why don't I, and I believe also did some, was on 205 live as well. Oh, okay. Well, geez feel like i'm totally lost on this guy the uh, new wrestler and i knew who he was yeah hey there you go um but yeah it was a good show and uh we'll see what happens uh next up is obviously wrestlemania and uh we can all look forward to you know pat i don't know if it's mcafee or mcafee i don't know how you say his last name but i think it's mcafee but uh, against austin theory which uh <laughs> I don't know. Maybe there are people who are looking forward to that and care. I I don't. Um, but uh, at least it's not him and Vince, which is what yeah. was rumored. Um, but uh, yeah, any thoughts on Austin Theory and? Well, well, well just to mention on my end, I randomly watched a uh, episode of Bennett Lang Championship Wrestling from 1982. Wow, that's where they, where they were doing a build for a uh, battle royal where the winner got a brand new 1982 Lincoln Continental. Uh, it already sounds more interesting than WrestleMania. So yes, it, it, it probably was, and it had the Ricky Steamboat and Jake Roberts as a tag team. That, that was one of the main reasons I clicked on that when I read that in the description. It's like oh, I want to see that uh, because when you said that you watched that, I was thinking, well, what's the last wrestling I watched? And I was like, oh, it's that episode of Atlantic for no reason. But uh, you know, I, I think it's probably way better to do Theory and, and McAfee than to do. Vince uh, and I know Austin Theory and Vince have been connected lately, and I don't know how much of a rub that's that's giving Theory. Um, I, from what I do know of Theory, I think he's a good young talent, sure. and hopefully this might get him a, a WrestleMania spotlight. Um, you know, it's going to go one of two ways: either he's going to go over and he's going to look good and it's going to help him, or McAfee's going to beat him and and he's going to Theory's going to look like a joke, and it's probably going to be that one. Yeah, I, I don't think this match does anything really for Austin Theory at all. I mean, I guess it could do something for Pat McAfee, but I, I you know, I don't know. Um, it's, uh, you know, like like you said, he's a, uh, a good young talent, but uh, I don't know. Um, stuff in WWE is uh, kind of all over the place. Dolph Ziggler just won the NXT title from what I heard. Um, which is just, uh, I don't know, but that that's confusing to me. You know what? They're just going to hot shot a bunch of stuff heading into WrestleMania because they don't have anything else. 
Right. Oh, yeah. And speaking of, that's what I was trying to think of as we were talking here. So the Austin Kevin Owens situation has been announced and they're doing everything in their power to make people think that it's a match, which it very much isn't <laughs> like, because if you look on the advertisement, it just says the KO show. So what does that mean? That means that Austin didn't want to do a match and he's going to come in the ring, trash talk, stun Kevin Owens, go home, have a, have a beer or have beers in the ring, most likely. Have beers in the ring, have beers at home, and probably get a crazy payday for uh, what is basically a walk-on. Right, which is, and basically him just who, probably not that far of a drive. <laughs> so. Right, yeah. But, but yeah, so that is what it is. Um, but yes, moving on to the main topic at hand, which is the down and dirty move breakdown. And this time we are going to do sleeper holds. I believe this idea was sparked from our Brutai episode, right, Leonard? Yes, yes. But being the sleeper hold was was his main, um, you know, so finisher. You as think of when you first hear sleeper hold. Yeah, I, I, I think Bruce Beefcake is at least for our generation the first guy you think of. Yeah. Although you know, and two, I think of Roddy Piper. Piper yeah, used. I was going to say that's the easy interchangeable. I would guess one yeah. and two option there for sure. Um, now, if you were to say what's what do you think of when you think of chokehold? My answer might be a little bit different there. I actually probably have to think about that for for a second. Mine is more in. I would think of MMA for, first, like MMA, really? and you know uh, other forms of legit fighting. You know, one thing that I found interesting about this because we did kind of throw around, oh, let's do maybe arm bars or leg locks, and there's so many of those. Yeah. But I think the difference between that and this is the fact that you know um, sleeper holds and chokes. Uh, just feel more real and practical, you know. In fact, uh, a lot of the moves that we, you know, we're talking about, uh, you know, we are going to talk about today are using legitimate fighting sports, not just wrestling, but MMA. Uh, you know, if I'm in a bar fight, I'm not going to whip out a sharpshooter on a guy. But I mean, if why, I get behind, why the hell not, Leonard? Yeah, I don't think that's practical. I think you're going to take a, a pull cue or a chair in the back of the head when you got him down there. Well, funny you like, mentioned though. Funny you mentioned though. So not a sharpshooter. But mm -hmm. many years ago, I want to say four or five years ago, okay. it could be off. There was an MMA fight where a guy finished somebody else by putting him in a Boston Crab. And, oh, nice. And it is amazing. If I can find a gif of that, I'm going to throw it up. The guy does the Boston Crab and gives the thumbs up while he's doing it. It's a legit fight. <laughs> you know, but yeah, I wanted to throw that in there. Yeah. So, well, so a rare instance, but... If I'm in a bar fight, which you know happens all the time, sure. if you get behind someone, you could put them in a triangle choke or or a sleeper. You know, it's possible if you get a drop on a guy. Maybe also not a cobra clutch. Maybe not a cobra clutch. You know, when you start getting into the more elaborate moves. <laughs> uh, and also something like a leg lock or an arm lock, a guy is still conscious and able to yeah. respond. With a sleeper or a choke, I mean, they're out. And when you talk wrestling, you see these in, in kind of – these defend the matches like hair versus hair or mask versus match because the guy has to be unconscious. So it can fulfill the stipulation. And that's one reason why B the barber used the sleeper hold was because, you know, in practicality, a conscious wrestler is not going to let you cut his hair. So he has to right. be out. Right. And, you know, just to say, you know, when Leonard mentioned about getting in bar fights, you know, it's very rare that Leonard doesn't go out and get in bar fights. And, you know, when he tries to put somebody in the chokehold, he always does what Brutai does as well, 
which is the motion to go to sleep. And, you know, that, that gets a pop. No, most, of, most of the time when I do that, they just run away because they know what's coming. Yeah. <laughs> but you have to make them wait till you get your shears out. Uh, right, right. But, but it's a good way to avoid confrontation because they know. Yeah, especially if you get shears out, then they might think the fight's going in a completely different direction. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, about MMA, though, I will say that I think MMA and its rising popularity over the years has done a lot for submission holds in general in pro wrestling, yeah. uh, specifically choke holds, because we know like the commentators have been forced to call them different things and, you know, describe what they're seeing. And it gives talents more of a, uh, you know, catalog of moves to choose from as a part of their uh, repertoire or even a finisher. Um, and if, you know, I would say Samoa Joe would come up first in my head when it comes to a chokehold. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's who I was thinking. Cause I, I think he's, he's popularized it probably the most. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so we are doing sleeper holds, choke holds. And if this is your first time checking into our move breakdown, we usually have brackets of four or five moves per bracket. We do a tournament of sorts and we crown what we call the ultimate version of said move. And I'm just going to say now that in the past, we tend to go with the regular version of the move, the one that you see the most. Mm -hmm. I don't see that happening here. I just don't. Maybe Leonard is going that route, but I... And really not necessarily. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, so let's and it should be mentioned, this isn't every choke and sleeper version there is out there. No. We kind of went through a list, pick ones that were seemingly widespread or easy to understand. Uh, you know, some, some of these have five or six variations, and we're not mentioning all the variations. And we didn't go for things, say, like the Tongan death grip or like the thumb, what is it called? The Asiatic spike, the thumb to the throat, things, <laughs> yeah. things like that. We didn't we didn't go for, even though their list is technical chokes. All right. So let's uh, first read off what is on our first bracket one here, um, mm -hmm. which would be the standard sleeper, the buffalo sleeper slash arm hook sleeper, the dragon sleeper, the cobra clutch slash million dollar dream. Now, the standard sleeper doesn't really require any description. Mm -hmm. uh, you would see people, mostly Bruce Beefcake and Roddy Piper do that. You see a lot of other people do it as well. Um, it, it's kind of, it's very rarely used as a finisher these days, just on its yeah. own. And, uh, you know, so you will see people bring, pull that out every now and then. But I think, you know, talent these days usually have a wide variety of, of submissions they go to. But um Back in the 80s and early 90s, it was certainly regular. Um, the buffalo slash arm hook sleeper uh, is a choke that sees the wrestler kneeling behind a seated opponent before grabbing a hold of one of their arms, bending it backwards overhead, and then locking the opponent's wrist into the attacker's armpit. The wrestler then wraps their free arm under the opponent's chin in a sleeper hold, um, and it puts their other arm through the arch by the opponent trapped by the opponent's trapped arm and locks their hands this then the wrestler will then squeeze the opponent's neck causing pressure this move was invented by hiroshi tenzan and this was not one i was very familiar with but as you'll see with this list a lot of these moves are close together in description there might be like one thing that separates them um 
but uh but yeah that's one that you might not see or hear about much in america um the cobra clutch obviously we know what the cobra clutch is sergeant slaughter uh did the cobra clutch million dollar dream um is is the same type of move by ted dibiase i did not realize that jim the anvil neidhart did this and he called it the anvilizer which is amazing name that i wish i had known about before this show <laughs> yeah I, I saw that on the list too uh and i did not i did not know that i do not remember it i wonder if we can find a match with him using it or well, i'm gonna i'm gonna search it out i i'm gonna search it out um i never i do not have any memory of of my heart using a sleeper so this is also called the arm trap half nelson sleeper and uh as i said you don't need a detailed description there you you see it happen a lot um you then have the dragon sleeper which you would see performed by ultimo dragon uh roman reigns uses a version of this now you know you might hear it called the guillotine choke um as well but uh the undertaker used a standing version of it uh alistair black um you know formerly known as of course used it a lot of people use this move um you will see this move performed in mma a lot because it's really easy to put on and it's effective when you put it on correctly uh so yeah i think i got them all there uh before i give my pick i'll let leonard if you have any thoughts on any of these moves no, you know, we talked about the standard sleeper and how that's the, you know, the basic bread and butter original version uh, of it. And, um, you know, I, I think that, like you say, it, it doesn't get used a lot anymore, but you do see people whip it out from time to time. Usually a smaller guy <laughs> on a bigger guy. Um, I don't want to say Dolph Ziggler is probably the last guy I remember. He does. Yeah, he does. He pulls that. That's yeah, that's a good call. Absolutely. Using yeah. a sleeper, you know, on a semi-regular basis, like in a big match, he'll, he'll right. use his Or so, if he gets a much bigger opponent. Uh, the Dragon Sleeper, again, like you, I'm not that familiar with. And uh, I'm not the Dragon Sleeper, I'm the Buffalo Sleeper. The Dragon Sleeper is probably one of the first variations outside of the Cobra Clutch that I saw, heard of, got pushed. I think when MMA started to become popular, that that was one of the first kind of moves that you saw that felt MMA uh, that were that were right. getting used, and it's interesting to note that there was a period where the Undertaker was not only using this but another sleeper variation that we're going to talk about. And there seemed to be a period where Taker was just watching a crapload of MMA and was oh, like, "Oh yeah." Oh. So so Absolutely. so that's that's in the future. But uh, you know, if you want to give give your pick first, I think you can definitely sway me in this round because there's two that I'm leaning towards. Well, so I'm with these. I, I probably am going to lean more towards a you know a reality choice rather than the pro wrestling choice. You know, mm-hmm. at least so far, that's kind of what I'm leaning towards. The sleeper hold, the regular sleeper hold, to me is, is not the best version of of a choke hold to me anymore. Like certainly it was an '80s thing, but not as much anymore. To me, if I was going to put a choke hold on somebody, it would be the dragon sleeper. So that'd probably get my vote here. I love the Cobra Clutch. Uh, I love seeing DiBiase and Sergeant Slaughter put that on people, but it's impossible to do that to an actual person that's yeah. like, that's upright and alert. Like you just you, 
you're not gonna you're not gonna do that. And if you have in real life in a real fight, then I want to hear that story. But send us pictures. But yeah, I would have to go with the dragon sleeper here because it is being used as a finisher today, and you it is being used in MMA today very regularly because it's like I said before, it's not hard to put on somebody, uh, and it's it's very effective if you do it correctly. Well, I was leaning towards the Dragon Sleeper and the Standard Sleeper, which was basically on historical value and nostalgia value. And again, if you talk, hey, wrestling versus real world or other sports and prevalence, um, yeah, the Dragon Sleeper is, uh, you know, something you're going to see more today and is more modern. And this is probably the first time that the standard version of a move that we're talking about doesn't get out of the first round. So That's I right. Was, That's true. That's true. With, Go with the dragon sleeper. All right. Well, so, bracket two, Leonard. Bracket two's me, and these are more of your choke holds in this in this bracket. We kind of try to group them as tight together. So we have the rear naked choke. Uh, Samoa Joe uses this as the Kikina clutch. It's basically a mat based sleeper with body scissors. Uh, this is also used in mixed martial arts. So there's a bit of a legitimacy or an increased threat element. Uh, this one seems seems to have today. We then have the guillotine choke, again, popular with MMA uh, as well. It's similar to a front chancery, uh, but but more of a chokehold than a face lock. Uh, Roman Reigns uses this in wrestling now. Uh, it can be done in a variety of positions. It involves the opponent bent at the waist and the attacker having the head hooked, and it can also be done with a body scissors as well. Uh, then we have the other taker move that we mentioned, which is the Goga Palata, if I'm saying that correct, or the Guga Palata, if I'm saying that correctly. He uses Hell's Gate. Um, uh, Tyson Kidd uses a variation called the Heart Lock. Uh, it's the legs around the neck and arms around the head uh, while laying on the mat and forcing the opponent into an elevated position. I, some of these descriptions I know can be hard to picture, but when Chad throws up the picture of the getting used, you'll go, oh, that's what you mean. Uh, and then finally, in this bracket, we have the Anaconda Vice, most popularly being done now by CM Punk, but it was also created by Tenzin. Uh, you're on the mat, and you have one arm around the opponent's arm and another around their head. Uh, there's variations of this called the Anaconda Max and the Anaconda Cross. Um, I always thought this was a crossface until we did this list. And then reading the description and looking at it more, it does come across as a, as a choke um more than than what i thought of it just being kind of a kind of a cross face so so chad your thoughts on these four in this bracket well i do want to uh correct myself from earlier uh sure. the dragon sleeper is like an inverted you have the person in an inverted kind of face lock and uh that's how that chokehold is done i mentioned roman reigns in the guillotine choke which is uh a little a little bit different so, oh yes, I think it's it's a different different direction. I so while, while as you do see the dragon sleeper sometimes in MMA, it's really the guillotine choke that I was referring to that you see in MMA more often oh, than okay. not. Um, but uh, but yeah, I see that's the thing. There's slight variations on these moves, but they do mean different things. Um, so so yeah, you know um, the rear naked choke to me is the one that you really don't want to be in ever. Um, because you know, if somebody gets that on you, it's very hard to get out of it. You really have to be calm. If you watch MMA, you really have to be calm and really know your moves to get out of it. Um, so that's a devastating move. The guillotine choke, 
um, as I said, with the Dragon Sleeper, it's easy to put on and, uh, you know, it, you have to do things correctly. But like I said, it's very effective. The Hell's Gate was always a cool, um, you know, move to see. Um, it, it's similar to a triangle choke. You just don't really use the leg as much. Um, the Anaconda device was CM Punk's like an early finisher for him in uh, in the ECW, WWE, CW days and uh you know that's one that you might see him pull out every now and then but uh that was more famous when he had a lot of hair uh but you know i don't know leonard i'm, I'm kind of tossed between two different ones here so uh what are your thoughts well you know i again all my thoughts i think matches yours you know the hell's gate was always looked cool but I don't know how practical it is for this. Uh, the Anaconda device, again, I associate mostly with uh, CM Punk. And, and, and I, do, I do think he does still, still use it from time to time. So for me, this probably comes down to the guillotine choke and the rear naked choke. Uh, and, you know, we talked a lot about sometimes you associate a move with a wrestler very closely, like the sleeper and Bruce Beefcake. For here, the Kukina clutch or rear naked choke with Samoa Joe, I think of that very closely. Um, since you mixed up the guillotine choke and the dragon sleeper previously, I'm going to go with the other move here and I'm going to give my vote to the rear naked choke or coquina clutch, especially as Samojo uses it. Yeah, you know, that's kind of what I'm leaning towards as well. Um, but you know, to be fair, I probably I still would have voted for the dragon sleeper in the previous bracket. Okay, there you go. Um, still, still so I wouldn't have changed that. I just did for I forgot slightly how the difference is there. Um, you know, as people tune out of this video, but uh, we know our stuff, you know. Um, but uh, so, yeah, this would definitely to me be between the the guillotine choke and the rear naked choke. And the fact of the matter is, a rear naked choke can be put on put on anybody by just about anybody. Um, and you know, you hook the legs, you know, and there's really not much that people can do about it. So I would, and have they, they teach that. that um, and, and just to add, they do teach that in self-defense classes and martial arts yeah. classes. That's a basic move. Ab absolutely. Um, but that was close one. Um, I, I would say so. Yeah. Rear naked choke moving on. So that brings us to bracket three. We have mm -hmm. the standard choke single or double handed the double-handed choke lift, the corner foot choke, and the triangle choke. So the standard choke, single or double-handed, is something that you see uh, pretty much every wrestler do at least once, if not more times, <laughs> in a match. Um, maybe you don't see the double-handed one nearly as much these days, but you, you know, certainly heels will do this move more, and you know you have the referee counting trying to count to five or they're disqualified. So you see that all the time. Uh, the double-handed choke lift, sometimes that is just what it is, just them, you know, a big guy kind of holding somebody up in a choke, or sometimes it'll be used as a move. Uh, Prince Albert, I know, had this as part of his move, um, but you usually see this with big guys because mm -hmm. it's just, it's a sign of power and it shows how much they can do to a little person you know, so that's usually what we see there. Uh, the corner foot choke, you know, you'll see, you'll see guys utilize this every now and then, but I, I do feel like this has become more of a female led move because it shows their flexibility 
a lot and you in know, their legs. Well, yes, of course. And yeah. so, you know, you'll see people like Dana Brooke and Charlotte do this. Uh, the, those are the two that come to mind more often than not. Uh, the triangle choke, as I mentioned earlier, um, it's similar to the Hell's Gate, um, but with the triangle choke, you have the person utilizing the move is on their back and they'll, you know, pull the arm down and utilize their right leg and pull the opponent's neck onto their uh, their shin area, basically. And so that's uh, what you have happen there. So, yeah. Leonard, what are your thoughts on these moves? Well, you know, this bracket is pretty much your simplest, straightforward chokes. Uh, the standard choke, I think, is probably too simple to, to move forward. I am a sucker for the double-handed choke lift. I, I, I love that. And again, like you said, it's a way for a big guy to show his power. And I think what really comes out of this is when they're double choke lifting someone and they throw the person like into the corner or they perform a move out of it, like a choke slam or a choke bomb uh, type of thing. So I think that can just look really great and really devastating, even though it's very simple. Now, when you talk about the, the foot choke in the corner, you actually didn't mention the two people I associate this with. One is Kevin Nash and the other is Stacy Keebler. Well, Stacey Keebler, I wouldn't have thought of. I, I'm glad you mentioned Kevin Nash, though, because absolutely, he used that move all the time. And uh, but Stacey Keebler, for obvious reasons, but she's not yes, known for her in-ring career. But yes, she did a lot, too. Yes, because because she had the very long legs, and that was her thing. You know, when every other female talent they had was about her boobs, Stacey was about her legs. So they would always well, try. Maybe things. a little bit more than about her legs. Moving on. <laughs> yes. Anyway, but uh, you know Nash too. I know the famous line about Kevin Nash is that you know, he has six moves and one of them's a hair flip. But the foot choke is is definitely uh, you know on that list. So I think it's something that really draws attention, and it's usually yeah. used by you know taller wrestlers or like I said female wrestlers as, as well. Uh, the triangle choke. I know that's another one that CM Punk uses. It's MMA related. Uh, this one you know is probably the 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 bracket with the simplest moves. And I don't know if I have a clear favorite here. Um, so, uh, you know, is there anything that you're leaning toward more than, well, more so than another? You know, I, I, we should mention that one of the people that performed the triangle choke a lot was um, Shane McMahon. Uh, yes. When he was around, but uh, you know, Shane McMahon is surely going to be all elite soon. Right, Leonard? Right, right. I think I, th I th you know, in that long-term uh, fantasy wrestling that I've talked about, where I run a version of Continental Championship Wrestling, I just brought in Shane McMahon as a consultant. That's, <laughs> I the world would catch on fire if Shane McMahon like joined another wrestling organization. Yes, I think I think it would. I think it'd be awesome though to see. But yeah, yeah. but so yeah, uh, you know, the uh, this is a very simple version of the move, except for the, the triangle choke. A lot of these are just simple uh utilizations of of a choke hold yeah. um i like you uh when a big guy does the double-handed choke lift to me that is always a, a spot that draws attention from from the crowd and, and for good reason um the triangle choke i like a lot so you know I, in this case i'm certainly willing to go with the double double hand choke lift um, as opposed to the triangle choke, I have been more reality based. Um, mm -hmm. But uh, if we're talking about a wrestling move, I mean, how many times have we seen big guys 
you know, do this. You've seen it all the time. And it always, yeah, I think it's, it's more awesome. And I think there's also versatility out of it. Like we talked about, you can throw, you can slam, there's things you can do. So, yes, I was leaning towards a double handed choke lift. And if you're cool with that, let's go with that. Absolutely. All right. So we got bracket four, which is mine to go over again. And this is where the oddball bracket, these were just kind of some moves that we thought were cool or maybe neat to talk about and they didn't really fit anywhere else. So we have the figure four neck lock. This is basically doing a figure four with your legs, but intertwined around the person's neck, not their leg. There's an arm bar or some trapping of the arms involved uh, in this or can be involved with this. Uh, the Koji clutch, uh, Sami Zayn used to do this. It's kind of a neck vice while on the map, similar to the Anaconda vice, but the leg is also roped in there for more pressure against the neck and head. Then we have what is probably the coolest name here, and that's the spider twist. It is a head scissors crucifix choke. Naomi uses this as feel the glow. Uh, to me, this looks and feels a little bit too complicated. Um, you either need your opponent to be really out of it or really helping you to set up. Um, and then you have the straight jacket. Uh, while behind the opponent, usually on the mat, you use their own arms to cross and choke out their opponent. Uh, I always think it, it's badass. We can use someone's own body against them. Yeah. And then neck breakers. We talked about the straight jacket neck breaker, also known as the regal cutter, which I really enjoyed. Uh, and Jinzei Shinzaki, which I'm sure I'm mispronouncing, uh, invented this one. So a lot of these coming from Japanese wrestlers being popularized by Japanese wrestlers. So your thoughts here on the oddball round that were mostly chose just because they had cool names. Yeah, there's a lot of cool chokeholds here that you probably don't see a lot uh, in mainstream wrestling anymore, but uh, they are some unique versions of this move. The uh, the figure four neck lock, you certainly don't see a lot. The spider twist is a cool name. The straight jacket, I feel like you see this less as a chokehold and more as like a move. You were talking about the regal uh, neck breaker and whatnot. Yeah. Um, you know... I know I've seen some some females utilize uh, the straight jacket chokehold there, but uh, for me this is an easy pick. Um, I would have to go with the Koji clutch here. I, I would say it's probably the most popular version of the move in this particular bracket, and uh, it, it looks devastating, as uh, I'm sure you'll see when I put the gifts up. But uh, yeah, I, I, it's a, it's a cool name, a cool version of the move. I wish more people would do it. But uh, yeah, there you go. Yeah, I do. Although I love the name Spider Twist, I would agree with you. The Koji Clutch is probably the best one out of this bracket by being the most popular and also maybe the most practical of, of all of these. So again, uh, not every single choke and sleeper there is out there. These are just uh, 16 prominent ones that we pulled. And now I will throw it back to Chad to uh, go over our final four. All right. So we have our final four here, our semifinals. So from bracket one, we have the dragon sleeper and it will be going against the rear naked choke from bracket two. And I will just say that since I was slightly mistaken in how this move is utilized, um, I would go with the rear naked choke here because I think it's still very much vital um, both in pro wrestling and in MMA. Shayna Baszler obviously uh, does this a lot. Uh, when she's on screen, that is. 
Um, but yeah, I would definitely say that this is the dominant version of the move. The Dragon Sleeper is really cool to see when you see it. Um, but you mo you mostly see a guillotine version at, at this point. You don't usually see the Dragon Sleeper as much anymore. But uh, yeah, for me, this is rear naked choke all day. Yeah, I, I would agree with you on that. I do like the Dragon Sleeper. But as you said, I, I think the Dragon Sleeper was maybe sort of an introduction to MMA type moves in wrestling when that was starting to creep in. And now that we've advanced further, something like the rear naked choke is, is more devastating, more common, um, has a, maybe a stronger visual. Uh, and, and the fact that you've got arguably the top wrestler in the world in Roman Reigns right now using it, um, I think says a lot for it as well. So yes, I would agree with you. And we will advance the rear naked choke to the finals. Yeah, and you know, one one kind of side note with regard to Roman Reigns using it, it, it does seem like you know when a talent gets to that highest superstar status, and they have a repertoire of moves, but that repertoire doesn't include a submission, they usually like will try to give them a submission somehow to use in their move set. Um, people might not remember Brock Lesnar having one of my favorites, which is called the Brock lock. Um, yes. it's a muffler stretch. That's what it is. But I loved the Brock lock. Uh, I remember some of the matches that he had with it. It just looks to me, it looks so devastating when somebody puts that on. <laughs> like, so I wish he would bring that back. Um, I don't think that's going to happen because I, you know, he would use the arm bar or the, uh, the rear naked choke himself or whatever. But, uh, but yeah, anyway, that's, and so that's become a, like a dominant move for Roman Reigns these days. So our uh, next two, we have the double handed choke lift going against the Koji clutch Two very different move versions yes. of this move. So Leonard, I have a feeling I know what you're leaning towards, but why don't you go ahead? Well, as much as I do like the double-handed choke lift, I have to admit that when you compare it to a move like the Koji Clutch, uh, the Koji Clutch is more practical. It's more MMA-based. Um, we seem to be leaning more towards those you could actually pull out in a fight. So as cool as I do think the double-handed choke lift is, and if you talk pure wrestling, there is versatility there. I think when you compare the two, you have to go with with the Koji clutch uh, just just because it is, I don't know, maybe more of a move, let's say, more of a hold than just picking up a guy and throwing him. Yeah, no, well said. I mean, the Koji clutch is a legitimate choke hold, whereas the double handed choke lift is often used. I mean, you might they might be choking the person for like a few seconds, but generally they're just picking them up to showcase their power and then they're throwing them back down mm. or slamming them back down if it's one of your finishing maneuvers. Uh, but yeah, so I would, I would go with the Koji clutch here, Leonard. And, uh, you know, I think our, our winner is pretty clear cut at, at this point. Um, but maybe not. Uh, so we have the Koji clutch going up against the rear naked choke. So Leonard, are you going to throw a curveball? I would assume that you're leaning towards the rear naked choke. Yeah. And, and I am perfectly fine with that. You know, I could see the I could make an argument maybe against a couple of the other moves uh, in some of the other brackets or holds uh, in some of the other brackets maybe uh, but against against the Koji clutch uh, again as much as we both kind of like the clutch and the way it looks and all that 
it is not nearly as well used and i don't think maybe nearly as practical as what the rear naked choke is right. what i was talking at the start you know was interesting about these types of holds as opposed to other types of submissions in wrestling is that a lot of these are practical you could use them in a real fight you can use right. them in sports like mma and of all those moves probably the rear naked choke is the one as you said that could be done by most people to most people um right. So I would, uh, yes, definitely go uh, with that as much as I would like to argue the Koji Quest for the sake of doing it. I, I think that um, the rear naked choke is definitely the uh, the obvious winner here out of this. Yeah, no, I, I would agree. I And I really don't have anything else to add other than what you said about the Koji Clutch. It, it looks really great, but as you said, it's not really that easy to put on. And, you know, if we were having like a uh, a true one seed versus two seed, I don't know. I think maybe the guillotine choke would probably be there. Um, it would certainly be in the conversation. Right, right. That's what that's what I was thinking when I said what I did. I think the rear naked choke versus the guillotine choke might be more of an argument. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but, uh, yeah. So let's um, talk about... And I would like to say that I, did. I like you, also messed up because uh, when I was talking about Roman Reigns a little bit ago, I was thinking the guillotine choke not the rear naked choke, which is, of course, what Samoa Joe uses is the Kukina clutch. So much like you, I kind of got mixed up on what move we were talking about, which is easy to do, I think, during during all of this. But uh, again, yeah, if it was rear naked choke versus guillotine choke, I think that's a deeper conversation for us. I know if we ever we talked about if we ever did like a big all the moves against each other, that there might be room for a couple wild cards. And I think the guillotine choke could be a submission wild card. Uh, if we ever do the huge bracket of all the uh, winners uh, from the uh, from our move breakdowns, yeah. Um, so we could we kind of quickly mention some of the other choke holes here that really probably wouldn't have advanced in the tournament, even if they were in. Uh, you have the hangman's choke, which has the wrestler wrapping their arm around the opponent's neck, performing a sleeper hold, then climbs onto the second rope and kind of hangs them there. Uh, that's always cool to see. Yes, it's an illegal move in pro wrestling, so you don't, you know, it's not. All yeah, that's a move long. that if you do, you only got like five, you know, the the five count, or it could be used in, you know, no DQ matches, things of that nature. Right. Um, some of the other ones, one that I don't think I've ever seen before, but I'll have to look it up. Um, the bridging Cobra Clutch, uh, with the opponent lying face down, the wrestler sits beside the opponent, facing the same way, locks on the Cobra Clutch, then arches their legs and back bending the opponent's torso and neck upwards. It was used by somebody named Delirious. Do you know who Delirious is, Leonard? Delirious uh, was the booker for Ring of Honor. Oh, okay. Yeah, I forget his real name, but um, or what name he goes under. But but Delirious was, was the booker of Ring of Honor for the past several years. Right. Well, you also have a variation of the triangle choke called the pentagram <laughs> choke. Um which I'll try to throw a, a gif up of. Is there any others that I'm missing, Leonard, that you would like to mention? No, not really. I know I did mention that there were some uh, oddball ones uh, that were more of a, oh, what, uh, you know, like the Tongan death grip type of thing, which I always thought was cool. Haku used that. Um, I don't know if you can, can consider the mandible claw that Foley used, because that's not really a choke. It's like a mouth grip 
It's like a pressure point type move. Yeah, yeah, it's a pressure point. It's kind of, um, you know, uh, uh, Hunter Johnson is the lyricist's real name. I was looking that up. I don't know if he goes by that behind behind the scenes, but what about um, the choke slam? Is there an argument to be made that that should be here? The choke slam. <laughs> it's a combination I, of a choke hold and a slam. Right, 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 right. I I picture the choke slam as more of. I guess more slam and less choke. Yeah, <laughs> it's for, it, it the, the the neck or the throat is your access point for the lift. How great would be if if like the Undertaker had the choke on for like three minutes? <laughs> yeah, and then decided to go for the slam. Yeah, if he but just nothing. had a guy and just lifted him and just held him there, it just held him there. <laughs> He and then qualified after after a few seconds. But. Yes, possibly so. So yeah, I mean there are moves like the choke slam that comes out of a choke, but uh, uh, yeah, you know, and there there's some others. Again, when we do these move breakdowns, it's hard to hit everything that counts. And I mean that's one reason why I don't know if we will ever do say like arm bars or leg locks because there's so many that we would probably have to do a, a much larger bracket or break it up into into two. Uh, you know, two videos type of thing. But who knows? We might do that in the future. Just keep an eye out. And, you know, if um, if Natalia, uh, Natty Nightheart, is watching this show, which obviously she probably is. Oh, yeah. That she needs Wait to bring back the analyzer. Just saying. I, I, really think, I really think that that could be used. I mean, God, that is such a great name. Yes. I, and, of course, she's done things to honor her father over oh, yeah. the years in the ring and and i think it's great that she does that and uh you know i think i think the anvil was i know i've told the jim the anvil nightheart story here on the show before yeah where dan and i wound up hanging out with him in a bar in a show that was completely off the beam that i refer to as the jim nightheart incident no i know the jim nightheart fiasco is what i call it which i said if i ever had a band i would call it the jim nightheart fiasco that's a good name that's good band name so but yeah i mean i think jim's underrated i love jim nightheart i think it's because he was you know partnered with brett and the heart foundation is a great tag team but it was always like the second guy in the tag team that wasn't nightheart and and, but uh you know if you look he did do stuff singles and he did work with other people like owen and uh Great. So this is kind of segued into an appreciation for Jim Nyhart. But yes, Natty, we know you're watching. Uh, <laughs> please, please bring that back. And you don't have to say anything about it. Just do it in one match. We'll see it and we'll know. Yeah, we'll just know. We'll know that you watch this show. <laughs> so on that note, let us know if there's any versions of the choke hold or the sleeper hold that we missed that you think that we should have mentioned. Or maybe there was somebody that performed one of the moves we mentioned that we didn't uh, name drop here. So please let us know in the comments what you think. If you'd rather listen to us, you can check us out on Apple Podcasts and or Spotify. For Leonard, my name is Chad. We will see you next week and Alexa will see you out.